This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. We hit the ground running on what we called our Southeastern fundraising tour. And packed up coolers full of chicken salad to hand out to possible investors. And we pitched to anyone that would listen. In every single meeting that we had, we heard, you want us to invest this much money for a minority share of a business that does not have a single franchise open. Thanks, but no thanks. Laughed out of the room. I'm Guy Raz, and on today's show, how a stay-at-home mom went from selling homemade chicken salad to friends and neighbors to building one of the fastest-growing restaurant chains in America. She calls it Chicken Salad Chick. Uh, and that's part of the NPR podcast, How I Built uh, How I Built This with Guy Raz. He's got a book out called How I Built This. It's a bestseller. It's out in paperback. The un Expected paths to success from the world's most inspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, Guy is also founder and CEO of Built It Productions. Uh, Guy, welcome. Congratulations on the success. What prompted this idea? Brian, thanks so much for having me. You know, what prompted the idea was my love for entrepreneurship. It is, it, it's, it's an incredible story of American ingenuity, of, of people who, who really oftentimes came from nothing and built built these incredible businesses and brands. We just heard Stacey Brown's story of building chicken salad chicks. She was a single mom with three kids in Auburn, Alabama, and she built an empire because she knew how to make great chicken salad. And it's an incredible story. And it's a story we hear again and again. And I wanted to amplify those stories. And that was really the beginning of the show. So you wanted to bring that, you wanted to bring those out. Uh, when, how did you get inspired by entrepreneurship? Were you an entrepreneur too? I guess in starting this year. I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, I am indeed. I, I've got two media companies. And you know what, what really inspires me, and I think a lot of people listening can relate to, and I think you could probably relate to this too, Brian, is the idea throughout our lives that people say, no, that can't be done, that's not possible. You know, we hear that throughout our lives and our careers, and it can be really discouraging, right? I'm sure you heard that throughout your career. People said, no, you can't do this, you can't be that, you can't do it. And somehow people push through that, you know, and, and what I wanted to do was show that all of these entrepreneurs that we admire, people who started businesses like Pods or Raising Canes or the Leatherman Knife, you know, Tim Leatherman, they heard no throughout their career, throughout their lives, and they still persisted and pushed and managed to create things that have changed our culture, changed our country. And, and persistence, I guess, is one of the key attributes. But let's get into some of the stories. How about the creator of LinkedIn? Oh, it's incredible. I mean, Reed Hoffman, you know, he was part of the so-called PayPal mafia, PayPal, PayPal pal mafia. And he came up with this idea to connect people around business, uh, around the things they do, and eventually sold it to Microsoft for, for billions of dollars. It's one of the most influential uh, social media sites in the world and, and something that I'm sure you use, I use, and, and millions of people use every day to connect and to learn. You got a soccer player in New Zealand is on the national team and notices some unused wood. 
And he goes and he starts a company called Allbirds, which is one of the fastest growing shoe brands in the U.S. He wanted to create the world's most comfortable shoe, and he did it using wool, merino wool from sheep in New Zealand and went on to, to build this company that's now publicly traded. And, and I don't know if you've worn them, but they're incredibly comfortable shoes. It was just an idea. And then you have to have the follow through and you have to have the patience, exactly. correct? Exactly. It's, it's so much of, of what we, the stories we tell on the show are stories that we know intuitively. You know, you think about a, a company like, like Spanx, the undergarment, Sarah Blakely, a young woman living in Atlanta selling fax machines door to door, but has this idea to transform, to create this transformative brand, women's undergarments. You know, she's going door to door, trying to get manufacturers to make her a prototype. Everyone's saying, no, how are you going to take on the big guys? Eventually, she does it. She comes up with a prototype. And, you know, long story short, Spanx is a multi-billion dollar company that Sarah Blakely owns outright that she started in her apartment in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. And, of course, uh, I think she she also managed the uh, the now owner of the Atlanta Hawks, correct? Husband? Indeed. She's she's an owner of the Hawks, yeah. Uh, I don't think she has to lean on him. He's also a very creative guy. So, so guy, you have this yeah. podcast on uh, on PBS, what, uh, NPR, excuse me, on NPR. What led you to that and that idea first before Amazon uh, jumped in? Well, as you as you mentioned, now Amazon is is our distributor, and we work with Amazon. Um, you know, look, um, I am an audio guy first. That's that's where I started, and that's where I came from, and. We really, I really wanted to figure out a way to connect with people around a shared experience, this sort of shared view and belief around building an entrepreneurship. Something that I think really connects people all across the board and all across the country. Um, and that, that was really the genesis of it. You know, this idea that so many people that we know that, 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 you know, that you know are, are trying to build something, whether it's a, you know, it's a small store on Shopify or it's a brick and mortar store in your town or it's a, a, a bigger idea that could scale. Um, and, you know, I wanted to create a space where people could feel inspired to to do that and to think about it and to think big. And you started one of your early jobs when you were 25. You were in the year 2000. You were Berlin, uh, working in Berlin. you covering the Balkans, correct? And the war that yeah. never seemed to yeah. end over there. Yeah. No, no. I started out as a reporter, you know, back um, back when I was younger, and I was overseas for seven years, and I covered Iraq and Afghanistan, and I was based in Jerusalem. Uh, I knew many Fox News reporters when I was out there, and um, some great reporters like Jennifer Griffin. I was in Jerusalem with her, and it was at a different time in my life. You know, I loved that excitement, but now, of course, I'm a dad with kids. And um, and 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 doing doing very different type type of work, but um, but that was a really important part of my sort of early career and learning about um, you know how to how to kind of build a career out of out of what I what I was doing. And when you see what's going on around the world, are you glad you're not covering, let's say, in the Ukraine right now? Are you glad you're not in Berlin right now? Brian, I have so much respect for the courage of the reporters, the Fox reporters and the CNN and Times. All the reporters out there are doing really courageous work to bring us the story 
of what's happening there. It's a very dangerous work. It's very stressful work, um, but it's really important work. And I, I really admire what they're doing so much. Right. And, but you're glad to be reflecting on. I am. The way people aren't shooting yes. at you. Absolutely. So, yes. Yes, so it was, if you were to teach a class right now on entrepreneurship and some of the foundation of success that you use, besides the anecdotal things, Number one, I get persistence, determination. You have to have a vision. Yep. But not every yep. – there's some great entrepreneurs who have products that just don't resonate. Is, did you no. notice that when people talk about those failures, were they necessary to find the product or the service that did work? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean think about a company like Slack. You know, Lots of people are using Slack in the workplace now. That started out as a computer game company. Stuart Butterfield wanted to make a massive – multiplayer online game. And he did. It was called Glitch. And it failed. Nobody used it. But in the process of building Glitch, they also built an internal communication system that they used among them, among themselves, the people at Glitch. And one day somebody said, hey, you know, this is kind of cool. We might see if we can turn this into something else. And Glitch became Slack, which is now a you know multi-billion dollar company that was that, that really was never intended to be a communications tool. So sometimes you have to, oftentimes you have to fail in order to understand what you're really going after. And, and, and oftentimes that's revealed through the process of failure. Is there any people that surprised you with the journey when you get, when you get a chance to sit down and talk to him for a couple hours or her? Brian, I'm surprised every time I interview somebody. You know, I just interviewed Todd Graves the founder of Raising Cane's, the chicken restaurant, the chicken finger restaurant. And I mean, this is, here's a guy from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who had no money. He, he, had, he had no family connections. He, he wanted to start a chicken finger restaurant right outside the gates of LSU. He went to Alaska for a summer and worked on a salmon boat, you know, one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, right? Um, for three months, almost died getting thrown off that boat. But he came back with $50,000 which was the money he used to put down a down payment on a, a property that he then turned into Raising Cane's, which is now the fastest growing fast food chain in the United States. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. You know, what's also interesting is that, and you write in your intro, when people go to this pandemic, every, most people had to put their lives on hold and they had a chance to reflect, you know, is this commute worth it? Is this job worth it? Am I feeling fulfilled here? And I imagine a lot of them, or, and a great place would we go to your podcast, but a lot of people were probably saying that, yeah, I'm making a good living, but am I doing what I want? It, it's such an important question, and what's been so interesting is that if you look at the number of, of people registering new businesses, business licenses, EINs, it was at a record at a 20-year high last year, and I believe at the end of this year, it will, it will be even higher because that's precisely what people are asking. Is what I'm doing worth it? And can I be doing something that is more fulfilling? And can I take a risk? And that's, that, to me, is one of the most exciting outcomes of the pandemic. 
Right. Uh, to say, hey, is this really, really intended to do? You get that job, you get married, you get a house, you got some payments. Next thing you know, you're 45 years old and you go, am I doing what I want to do? Is it worth it? You also say that around 40 years old is when entrepreneurs really dig in for the most part. That's when yeah. they have their success. People's image is, you know, that, that, that whiz kid, 21-year-old teenager. But that's not necessarily what the stats say. No, exactly. In fact, first-time entrepreneurs, the average age is 41 years old. And, and actually, when you really begin to hit your stride as an entrepreneur, it tends not to happen until you're in your 50s, sometimes early 60s. You know, we did the story of Bob's Red Mill. It's one of the biggest uh, grain and, and, you know, baking goods products in the country. You know, it was started by Bob Moore when he was 57 years old. It's a, an enormous company now. And so this idea that, uh, that startups and, 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 and businesses can only be started when you're in your 20s and eating top ramen and pizza is a complete myth. That is a time to take risks for sure, but it's also a time to learn. And usually that learning begins to come together in your late 30s, early 40s, when you have the confidence to really take the leap and, and try something new. This is what I've noticed. I don't know if you picked it up. And tell me if, you, if those, that's not what the stats play out. Entrepreneurs aren't usually doing it to get rich. They're doing it to be successful. They want, they want to make it work. They aren't usually, a lot of times, though, they won't even notice how much debt they might be going into because all they see is the goal. Is, is that correct? It's the journey, in many cases, to get to that success? It's 100% correct. And the best evidence for that is when you talk to an entrepreneur whose business was bought out, virtually every single one I've interviewed has gone on to start something new. So Max Levchin, he was one of the co-founders of PayPal. You know, he, he walked away with $20 million. What did he do? He turned around and he started a new company. And he made more money from that. And he turned around and started a new company that is called Affirm, which is a publicly traded company. He doesn't even know how much money he has, and he doesn't care because what matters to him is being part of something bigger and creating something that has purpose and that gives himself meaning and meaning to people who work with him and work around him. And and when entrepreneurs, you know, when on, on the and the rare occasions when they sell their business and retire, many of them really, you know, they start to get depressed because they miss that camaraderie. They miss the people around them. They miss the exchange and the, you know, the creative tension that we, you know, those of us who are, are, are lucky enough to work around other people get. And so that to me is the number one, you know, the, the best evidence for why it's almost never about the money. You know what's so interesting is I, did, I read the whole book on Phil Knight, that monster book about Shoe Dog. Yeah. And he talked about yeah. starting up Nike and having to cut the deal with Japan and coming up with the innovation and trying to get people to, to, to wear his shoes in a major event and having the soles fall apart. And then they gave loans only month to month. They couldn't like string it out. So he had money he had to come up with every month. And I'm reading this. I'm getting stressed reading it. When I finally meet him <laughs> and I'm seeing the size of Nike, this global brand – and I said, well, I, man, I don't know how you did it month to month. And he says, I miss it. I loved it. I said, you loved it? Not knowing if the business yeah. is going to work, if you're going to be able to pay your bills, you have a family at home. You loved it? He goes, oh, yeah. So I go, convincing his <laughs> landlord not to charge him rent one week, of yeah. one month? I go, I yeah. can't believe that. But, but, Brian, it's because it's that. It's the building process, right? I mean, think about your, the early part of your career where you were struggling before you were a nationally known name, you know, before, before people 
you know, you would, would take your call, right? When you were still early in your career, there's a part of that struggle and that grind that really does appeal to us. Of course, at the time it was hard, but it's also the, in some ways, you know, that struggle really breeds creative thinking and it, it breeds this passion that, that we sort of crave. You know, I think about Roblox, this game that every kid between the age of nine and 12 plays now. And, you know, the founder of that company, David Bazuki, he created this game in 2004, but we really only started to hear about it in 2020. Wow. So, you know, people think of, of Roblox as this overnight success story, but for many years, it kind of hung out there in obscurity. Um, and, and, you know, you think about this guy who hung on for 15 years, the pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, you know, three quarters of children aged 9 to 12 are playing Roblox, and I think today it's a Right. Its market cap is like $27 billion. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, if you don't have struggle, you don't appreciate success, even even to drill down even further. Hey, Guy, congratulations on the book and the series on the, on the Amazon deal, and I'm sure the best is yet to come. And I'm sure these entrepreneurs are lining up to get on the show because that's going to continue their success. And you'll, unfortunately, your phone bill is probably about nonstop people leaving message on your voicemail asking to get on because that's part of the <laughs> mindset uh, of the people that you want to interview to yes. begin with. Yes. All right, yes, so pick up, yes, pick up his book, guys, How I Built This. Thanks, Guy. Brian, thank you. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.